0: This is Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. I'm Robert Bruce, and I am here once again with Sonia Simone, the Chief Marketing Officer of Copyblogger Media. How was Australia? Are you even awake? Do you know where you are right now?
1: I am now the Chief Jetlag Officer. That is my new official title. Um, (laughs) Australia was fabulous. It was really excellent. I spoke at Darren Rouse's ProBlogger event. Um, It was Terrific! So many awesome people. But yes, I have about 45 hours of travel time between the time I left and the time I got back. And I'm still trying to figure out how to catch up those two days of missing sleep.
0: So you were gone for about a week total, which means yep. you were actually in Australia working, doing this conference for about, what, eight hours? The rest of it was yeah, just travel right, exactly. time?
1: Exactly. The rest of it, I was sitting on an, in an airport <laughs> or on a very, very tiny airplane.
0: As many copyblogger readers know, Sonia, the writer runs this show, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a a mantra that's stuck, and it's stuck mainly because this media-driven world that we live in is driven at its foundation by words. And uh, way before Copyblogger was a company, it was a simple blog, and Brian Clark was banging out the foundation of the things that we talk about day in and day out. Uh, and you, shortly thereafter, joined him. Uh, but we both know that the writer often works too hard at her keyboard. And Sonia, you are a pro at this stuff. You're the chief marketing officer of CopyBlogger Media, chief jet lag officer now, um, <laughs> the senior editor of CopyBlogger.com, and a writer. You've written hundreds of articles, promotions, and pages of copy over the last decade. And I've got one simple question for you. And that is, how do you approach this work that you do, this writing work specifically? And I've identified three very basic forms of writing that we all do around here and that any business with a blog or website supporting it should really focus on. And I just want to know how you approach working on each of these three types of writing. But before we get into what those three are... Uh, Let's touch real briefly on a legendary writing formula called AIDA, that's A-I-D-A, which stands for tension, Interest, Desire, and Action. This formula, this old copywriting formula, is legendary for a reason.
1: Yeah, we'll do the like... 30,000 foot view, and it would actually be a cool thing to talk about in another show. This is a formula that they used to use for direct mail pieces. So the kind of junk mail you would get, that's the non-technical term. Um, If you were going to buy a book from Rodale Press about growing better lilacs, or if you were going to buy a newsletter from the financial industry about how to pick, you know, better stocks. And it used to be used in the advertisement itself. It was also used in like a a, a magazine ad that you might see or a newspaper ad. Now we spread it out a little bit. So in the social media content marketing environment, we, we move the pieces around a little bit. We've got a little more room to play. So essentially the super, super high level view is attention. If you can't get the prospect attention, you can't do anything else. So, the first thing you got to do is get your voice heard in the huge monster sea of clutter. Uh, and, you know, we, I mean, now I keep expecting, you know, you keep seeing these statistics about how many advertising messages we're all exposed to during the day. And I think it's up to about 4 billion and seven. You know, mm. it's like they're going to be transmitting ads into our dreams any minute now. Ads are on everything. So, how do we get our ad, as it were? Uh, in front of people. So they actually see it because we block out ads. We, you, everybody listening to this knows you go to a blog and they've got kind of ads in the right hand side and you don't even see them. I mean, you don't need an ad blocker. You just, your brain filters them. So how do you get attention? Once you have attention, you have to get the person interested. So, okay, you caught their attention. That's an instant in time. How do you get them interested in a more ongoing way? capture their attention and hold on to it for a little while interest will mature into a desire for the product or service that you sell or the idea that you sell or the political you know candidate that you're trying to promote so sell can be seen in a larger context there and then how do you get them to actually do it how do you get them to go from that would be interesting to as they say taking the credit card out of the wallet you know, registering to vote, emailing all their friends, whatever it is, whatever action you want them to take. So that's AIDA in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And this is, uh, like you said before, this is old school, direct response, hardcore copywriting kind of formula. But I'm going to link up to something that Brian wrote a couple uh, years ago about this. And uh, the the headline for this post was introducing the AIDA formula for blogging. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a tweak uh, based on what you just said in this age that we're living in a more conversational age, these principles still apply. But the thing is, is that this is really like a, a simple formula that you can follow. Uh, a business can follow online for all of their, almost all of their communications that go out and using this template really, uh, again, we'll do a whole show about this because it's very, very important, but using this template, a lot of this stuff can seem to write itself. Have you found that to be true?
1: I think it's a lot easier to get the writing done when you know what it's supposed to do for you. Uh, I think when you have, you know, you have certain... It's just that that's why writing an outline helps so much um, to crack through writer's block. Because when you've got some structure in place and you know what elements of the structure need to be fleshed in, it's just much easier than staring at that completely blank page. And that's... You mentioned writers working so hard. I think writers work... "Quote unquote" too hard because they're not working on the right things, so they go down blind alleys and they, you know, they spend lots of time writing material that's not doing anything to get them the result they want. Yeah, um, if you're a novelist to some degree that's just how it is. You gotta suck it up. But even a novelist has a structure that can really help you write something that communicates what you want to communicate. So I'm a big believer in structure and especially if you're writing to support your business, you've gotta have some structure. You gotta know what the piece is supposed to do for you, or else you're gonna spend all kinds of time racing up, you know over hill and over dale, putting out all kinds of words and of those words are not going to do anything to build your business. It's just too much work.
0: Okay, let's get into these three basic forms of writing that we do day in and day out on CopyBlogger. And again, uh, the reason we're bringing these up is that this is a really great, we're we're staying at the 30,000 foot view here, but this is a great kind of formula, almost, almost a template for any business that wants to do content marketing. These three types of articles, posts, and, and pieces. Um, The three that I've identified, Sonia, are... uh, we do teaching articles, we do promotional articles, and then more direct response type copywriting pieces, which are the sales pages and the copywriting we do for all the products. So let's go through each one of these. And again, yeah. the question, the simple question I have for you is how you approach this. We had talked briefly about some productivity tips and, and uh, before this recording, and not so much a productivity thing, but how you tend to structure each one of these three types of articles so that people have that, you know, skeleton that they can hang, you know, on their own stuff. So number one, teaching article, how do you approach a teaching article? What are the things you're looking for when you uh, sit down to write something like this?
1: The first thing you need to know when you're writing a teaching article is that that's what content marketing is, is teaching. And we actually have a whole course on this called teaching cells, um, that we're going to be launching in a couple of weeks, actually. We we launch it, we open it up once a year to new students because content marketing really is about teaching your prospects, teaching people who might become customers um, how to get what they want. And so you approach, I approach the teaching article, there's sort of two prongs to it. The first prong to my approach for the teaching article is I need to know what my customer needs to learn before she's ready to make a purchase. So one of the big, big purposes of the teaching article for me is to overcome an objection to purchase. So even something like an you know, every once in a while on Copyblogger, we'll run a piece that's kind of inspirational about how to improve your, your entrepreneurial mindset and kind of get over the cubicle mind that I think is a very unnatural state of being and how to rediscover your inner entrepreneurs. So even those kind of inspirational articles are actually teaching articles. It's teaching people how to change their mindset in a more productive way to have better results. The first thing I, I want to think about, again, I want to think about how does this piece move my business forward? The first thing I need to know is what does my customer not know today that she needs to learn in order to become a paying customer? You know, what, what's what's standing in her path? Is she afraid she can't do it? Um, does she not have the the technological skills does she not know what tool she needs so she's feeling overwhelmed um, does she not have confidence in herself in some certain arena so i need to know what's standing between her and making a purchase and then the other kind of teaching article that we do is simply a relationship builder a rapport builder it's the i in that formula A I D A it's the interest um, it's teaching my customer just stuff that she's wants to use to make her business work better in my case. So if you're, you know, if if you have a weight loss site or a parenting site, you've got different, you know, your people want to know different things when they interact with you. But what does your customer need to know to make the purchase? And what does your customer want to know in order to just have a better life in in terms of the topic that you teach. So you need to start from that. You need to know what your outcome is. In the teaching sales course, we say, what are the benefits of knowledge? What benefit does the customer get once you've done this teaching? And if you work back from that and you say, okay, what's the benefit of knowledge? One of the things we teach in teaching sales, and I actually try to do this with all my content, is I start with the benefit of knowledge. What does the reader gain when, you know, she's given me 10 minutes of her time, which is a lot to ask, and some attention and some some thought. If she's willing to give that to me, what does she get out of it? And if you start by identifying that, then you work back. Now, for teaching content on a blog, you want to keep it short. You want to keep it snappy. You want to break it down and atomize it into the smallest little tiniest piece you can. Because if you give you know a twenty-six hour tutorial in a blog post. It's kind of cool, but it's not. um.
0: (laughs) Is anybody going to read it?
1: Yeah, it's, you're asking a lot. You need to remember what we're talking about here is free content. And what people are looking for with free content is digestible, quick, easy. We ought to link to a great article that Pam Wilson did for us about eight ways to make your copy more readable. So just the way it's formatted on the page, user-friendly, lots of subheads, short paragraphs, make it easy for people, make it digestible, make it appealing and teach them one little tiny thing that makes their life better in some way. And sometimes making their life better is, you know, just about not being bored today. That works too.
0: Yeah. And one thing I should have been clear about going into this is we, this is also dictated by a very clear editorial schedule and plan that we have. We're not going to get into that right now, but we've chosen a handful of things that narrow the focus of everything that goes on that site. Uh, If I came to you, Sonia, and I wanted to do a series of blog posts about how Awesome, I think the incredible hulk is you probably wouldn't return the email uh, for one thing, but obviously I mean that that's a blown out obvious kind of kind of example but all of these teaching articles and the structure that Sonia's just kind of laid out is also driven by a very specific editorial schedule that we've determined.
1: yeah, and that's good for a couple of things. First of all, it's good for your quote unquote brand. you, you do have a brand whether you know it or not and if you consistently offer people, information in the same general topic that helps people understand where to put you in their in their brain in their memory and it's just if you talk about anything and everything unless you've got a real strong voice and that's the unifying thread you're going to lose people because they're just not sure what to expect Mm. and the other thing is it helps it helps from a search engine optimization perspective google would rather serve up pages that from a site that's tightly focused around certain key concepts and the and relevant key concepts so if you're if you're doing recipes along with weight loss okay that makes sense if you're doing recipes along with auto repair that is a disconnect those are not related topics and it'll be harder for Google to know what kind of pages to serve up for keyword searches so it, it is useful for search engine optimization but more important than that it's useful for letting your audience know who you are, what you do, how you help, all that good stuff.
0: Promotional article. Sonia, what is a promotional article and how do you approach writing it?
1: I'll give you my approach and it's probably not everybody's approach, but it works pretty well for me. The best promotional articles I've written. So a promotional article would be a blog post or an email message that would lead to an offer for one of our products or an offer to sign up for our email list. And the, the way that this has actually worked best for me is because, okay, we have products that are related to what we write about and we write about things on a consistent basis. For me, the best promotional articles, I get to the end of a teaching article and I say, you know, the logical next step for the customer is to look into the product, the paid product or the the email newsletter. So for example, I wrote a post about the dust-up that Gary Vaynerchuk created when he said 90 nine percent of all social media experts are clowns. And I sort of wasn't happy with the way that I saw people approaching it. And I had a point of view that that I wanted to get across. And so I wrote about it kind of after the dust up had had settled a little bit because I kind of had some final thoughts. At the end of that, I thought, well, you know, the logical next step is for people to sign up for the Internet Marketing for Smart People list. Um, But it wasn't conceived of as a promotion. It was conceived of as a reaction. And then at the end, the most logical thing I could tell people to do was to to sign up for the list. And if you can can swing that, I think those are the best promotional posts. They just are something that you're actually already interested in. They have a teaching angle already. So the post itself is inherently valuable because it teaches. Um, And then just the, the thing that makes sense. It's very logical and natural. The very logical next step is to go into the promotion. And sometimes, you know, you, you know, you need to get a promotion out and you write a promotion and you think about the benefits and all that good stuff. But if you can frame it as a teaching article, it'll be easier to write. It'll go down better with your readers. And um, I find the work, they work very well.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people have trouble with this. Um, either they're scared of it or you get complaints from your readers when a promotional post goes out. And this is, uh, we're going to touch on this in the tip of the week at the end of the show here, but these are very important because these, uh, unless you are um, just writing, you know, for the wind, for exposure, these are a large part of what directly grows and supports your business, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, this is how you go from having a blog to having a business, is you have to make offers for some kind of product it might be your product it might be a product that you represent on an affiliate basis so you recommend the product you get a commission and it could be it doesn't have to be you know we in our world we think of it as being information is the product so a course an ebook something like that but it could be baby clothes you know it could be if you're if you're a parenting blogger it could be supplements. You know, if you're if you're Tim, supplements are tricky because they're highly regulated, but if you play by the rules, there's no reason not to talk about them, especially if you find them valuable. You know, so Tim Ferriss has on his blog links to supplements. Now, I don't know if those are are affiliate links or not. It sort of doesn't matter, but it's very natural for him to talk about supplements. And then, you know, it's like, well, okay, if you're sold on the benefits, here's a link to how to go get some.
0: And the last type of writing that we do a lot of is related to uh, the promotional article, but it's more... Directly, so to speak, uh, the direct response copywriting piece. Uh, you'll see this in sales pages. You'll see this on um, product pages, the copy that is on those product pages and so on.
1: Yeah. So what we're talking about is what's called a landing page on all landing pages is you send some traffic there and then the page translates the interested person into somebody who's taken action. So again, sign up for your email newsletter or, Uh, register to vote or buy the product or whatever it might be. These are really important if you're going to turn your content world, your blog, your social media presence into a business. They're also the way you measure the huge question right now, which is social media ROI. How do I know my social media has any ROI? Well, you know, because you take social media, you send people to landing pages, and then you measure How well does it convert? How many people go from Twitter to my email list? How many people go from Twitter to my sales page and actually make a purchase? You can measure that. So these are, are, you're not going to do these probably unless you could and it would be interesting, but you're probably not going to write one of these like every week. You're not going to write, you'll write one of these for every 50 pieces of content you write. But of course, this is the the tricky part. (laughs) This is the important (laughs) part. Um, everything you've done is kind of softened up for the sale and gotten people ready, but this is the part where you, you have a yes or a no. You have a sale or you don't have a sale. So they take they take more thought. They take more time. I, I won't make this a total pitch fest, but we do have a product that goes into both creating the page, like actually making a piece of web code that will make a page on your website, um, but it also walks you through step-by-step step how to do it, how to create different kinds of landing pages. Uh, It's called premise. And the reason we created that product is because this is such an important part of the business for so many people and it's very easy to get wrong. The most important things to keep in mind are you need to make sure it's really easy for that buyer to pick out exactly what they get out of taking the action. I'm just going to go ahead and call it a sale. And we'll know that that could mean different things. What they get out of buying the product, what do they get at the end? They don't really care about what the product does. Chris Garrett has a great example from our recent trip. He said, you know, I don't want plane tickets to Australia. I don't like being on an airplane for 15 hours at a time. What I want is to be in Australia. Mm. That's what I get out of it. What I have to do to get there is I have to buy a plane ticket and I have to go sit on a plane for a really long time. And eat a lot of not that great airline food and talk to the very, very nice um, flight attendants on Qantas Airlines. (laughs) Um, That is not a promotion. They're just nice. (laughs) So what what does your customer get out of it when they do what you want them to do? Make sure that's clear. Make sure the page is very clear. Make sure there's no distractions. Okay, so don't have links. I saw a landing page this morning and this very, very nice young man has AdSense links at the top of his sales page. Why hmm. on earth would you send traffic away for a penny for an ad click when you're trying to sell him a $20 product? Don't do that.
0: Yeah. Do you not want to strip it all away. All away. Them, yeah.
1: Clean, clean, clean. Um. So make sure it's clean. Make sure the person knows what to do. Make sure they know what to do next. I have a, a copywriting checklist that I use for these, And it's one of the things I talk about in the, in the internet marketing for smart people newsletters, how do you construct these babies? Again, it's, you know, minutes to learn and a lifetime to master, just like chess or go or, you know, checkers or whatever. You'll, you'll always be a student and you'll always be making it better, but there are some things that you can do right up front to give yourself your best shot because For most of us, our business kind of thrives or dies based on how good these are. How good these are and then how well we've warmed up the sale. So uh, if you're really good at warming up your customers, your sales page can just have kind of, here's what you get out of it, here's what to do next, and it'll work okay. But you can always make it work better.
0: You know what's really warm? Really hot, actually. (laughs) the internet marketing for smart people email course. This is the premier online marketing course delivered straight to your email inbox. And Sonia, you put this course together. Who did you write it for? And what can people that go through it expect to get out of it?
1: I very much wrote this course for people, readers that I talk to every day, the lovely, lovely people that I talked to at this ProBlogger event in Australia, people I run into at conferences, it's people who, they know that they need to figure out this marketing thing. And they might even have been doing a lot of reading. They might've been doing a lot of reading on CopyBlogger and other sites like ProBlogger, but they, they don't get it. You know, like they get, they've got, it's like Ikea, right? They have a box of stuff and it's like the screws and the and the pieces of wood are lying all over the floor and they have... They don't have the thing that tells them how to put it together. So for me, this was the thing that tells you how to put all these little pieces together. And if you don't happen to know about one or two little pieces, I want to make sure that you've got all the parts in the box. So that's really all it is. It's just, you know, there's all these little pieces. None of them is rocket science, but sometimes figuring out how they all link together is a little tricky. And so I tried to give you a roadmap for, for putting it all together and starting to see some results. It, it's not an MBA in marketing. It's, you know, it's the kind of essentials that you need to know to start making things work. And then you've got something to work from.
0: It's the best of Copyblogger wrapped up into 20 nice little digital packages for you delivered to your inbox. You just head over to imfsp.com, drop your email address into the little box you'll see there, and we'll take care of the rest. Okay, Sonia, you ready for the tip of the week?
1: I'm so ready. Yes.
0: I want to know how to monetize my blog. Tell me how right now.
1: This was the number one question at Darren's event, which is why it was kind of on the top of my mind. And the number one way to monetize your blog, the secret, the the top secret ninja uh, master tool to monetize your blog. My fingers
0: are over the keyboard right now. That's
1: right. Get ready. Is blogs don't make any money. Businesses make money. As soon as you stop thinking about how do I use my blog and try and figure out a way I can staple something onto it to make some money with, you'll start to actually make some money. As soon as you start thinking of it as a business first, and a blog is a tool you use that supports your business. And this is true even if your blog makes most of its revenue from advertising and you'd like to keep going. As soon as you start thinking of it as a business You'll start seeing business results. It's a funny thing, and it's not about uh, using a different widget on your blog or a different tool or a different technique. It's about thinking of it as a business first. I have a uh, a business to serve this kind of customer and and help them out in a certain way, and I've got some possibilities for products and services that I could start talking about. As soon as you think of it as a business first and a blog as a tool that supports the business. You'll start seeing opportunities and techniques that you weren't seeing before because you thought of yourself as a blogger. So don't think of yourself as a blogger. Think of yourself as a business owner who uses a blog.
0: Thank you once again to everybody listening out there. If you like what you hear on this show, please remember to head over to iTunes and leave a comment or a rating for us there. It's the best way to spread this show around and and help us along. Ms. Simone, you are an American original. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Well, my goodness, thank you.